Welcome into everybody now on the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We're glad to have you. Grant Bill's producing the program. I'm Bill Michaels. You want to get a hold of us? Uh, hit us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. Hit up Grant at Wisco Grant, and uh, you can find us 877-867-1670. Always subscribe, like us, whatever it is you need to do. Pound the like button, as they say. Smash it. Smash it. Over on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. You'll find the program. You can go to the live broadcast and uh, find us there under the uh, live click link, and uh, we'll be good to go. Good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. That's the way. That's the way. Um, in this hour, uh, a couple of interesting questions that I want to get to. We were sitting here talking about uh, quarterback play in the National Football League and uh, highs, lows, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, I wanted to get into the um, the good, uh, the bad, the really bad. Um, I thought uh, there was there was a lot of good this weekend. If you watched, there was some questionable stuff, too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, it begins and ends with Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow were absolutely awful. Uh, now, defense has had a lot to do with that, but Josh Allen was his own worst enemy in a couple of those throws and taking his eye off the football during the snap, fumbling it away. Uh, Joe Burrow, the offensive line, didn't give him much time, but he, you know, obviously uh, with the uh, calf injury all throughout training camp and didn't really practice too much, uh, until this past week, then he looked like it. It, it was it was a bad start. Tua looked fantastic. I was impressed with Mac Jones and what he did in going toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Even though they ended up losing, I thought it was more of a moral victory. I thought Zach Wilson came in and did an admirable job. They clearly didn't trust him by the play calling that we witnessed on Monday night. And Zach Wilson and the Jets pull off an, an incredible victory. And now... There, there, there's a side note to that that we'll get to in just a minute. I thought Lamar Jackson, uh, after signing the big contract, looked okay, but not great. Uh, Deshaun Watson, same thing. He looked okay, but not great. Uh, Kenny Pickett, boy, he got beat up. <laughs> Excuse me, looked bad in that game against the 49ers uh, this past weekend. Richardson looked pretty good in Indianapolis. Uh, we already talked a little bit about uh, you know Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence and how bad things look still in Denver. That hasn't been worked out. Patrick Mahomes wasn't on his game without Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo just keeps winning. You know, he's nothing flashy, but he just keeps winning. By the know? way, is is Anthony Richardson, I didn't ask you this, Bill, was he the most surprising quarterback performance of week one? They looked Probably really was. good. Yeah, he looked pretty polished. That's what I was saying. I mean, ever since the first throw that he threw deep on his very first pass for the Colts in preseason, I thought, wow, okay. He's somebody to watch. And I haven't sat down and watched the All-22 of that game yet, but just from the brief stuff that I saw, he looked pretty good. 24-37, 223 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, 40 rushing yards, too. That's better than mm-hmm. I would have expected in his first career right? game. Exactly. Uh, Justin Herbert, again, going toe-to-toe with Tua, I thought that was probably one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Dallas, uh, with Dallas and what they did, Go back and look at the numbers of Dak. They weren't very good for all of that coming out of the hype about Dak Prescott. And, and I, I was listening this morning, and I don't know what I heard it on, but one of the uh, the entire offseason was spent talking about Dak Prescott and the turnovers, and Dak says he's not going to turn the ball over anymore and all that kind of stuff, and all the heat on Dak Prescott. At what point do you start looking at Josh Allen and giving him the same amount of criticism? 
because he was terrible. And when Josh Allen's terrible, he's awful. Now, his highs have been higher than Dak's. That I'll give you. And he's had some more consistency, and he's been one of the better quarterbacks. But, man, when he, in key moments, he's made big mistakes. You know, there's some quarterbacks that when they're on top and when they play with a lead, they got it. They got it going on, man. They're in command. But when they're not and the chips are down and they really need to come up with big plays, boy, sometimes, you know, I, then again, I go back to that, that game. Um, was it with Patrick Mahomes? I think it was. It was Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen down in Kansas City a couple of years ago. And it was when the Super Bowl was out in L.A. I think Cincinnati ended up going, being the representative that year. And Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes went toe-to-toe, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And Josh Allen didn't make a mistake in that game. That, to me, was what elevated Josh Allen. Even though they lost the game, that, to me, is what elevated Josh Allen. He has not played at that level since. So that, that's why there's a question mark there. Daniel Jones, I talked about, didn't have a ton of time. Jalen Hurts was okay at best. And we know what Justin Fields brought to the table, which was absolutely nothing. There was nothing more, nothing new, nothing better than what we'd seen last year. I thought Jared Goff uh, stood tall in the pocket and played really well for Detroit. Minnesota was somewhat sad, and they really didn't get that offense that I thought was going to be so much better clicking. Um, Ritter for Atlanta looked okay. Bryce Young, he took one of those tough starts uh, with the Carolina Panthers and such. Uh, but all in all, man, pretty. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a good weekend. Brock Purdy had a really good weekend. So I, it was it was the quarterback play that you expected wasn't there for some and, and for others that you didn't expect anything out of. Uh, they gave you more. So I, I thought it was a really you know interesting weekend of quarterback play in the National Football League. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to uh, John. John, John, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. Hey, how's it going? Really well. What's you thinking? Um, well, I went to school with Adam Stenovich years ago, uh, okay. and uh, he, you were talking about the Shanahan, or the McVeigh-Shanahan tree thing. Mm-hmm. He actually, I believe, was... Uh, assistant offensive line coach over there before he became the offensive line coach at the Packers. And I was wondering, now that he's the offensive coordinator, do you think he has, or since um, LaFleur does the play calls, do you think Mm -hmm. he has his input a little bit more for the... Oh, I think the game plan is – yeah, I think the game plan – and appreciate the phone call, John. Let me kind of kind of go through this. Um, I even go back to when Mike McCarthy was a play caller. What happens is – and usually – now, I'm, I've never sat in on one of these meetings, obviously. But usually it's a collaboration. You bring in your quarterbacks. You bring in your offensive coordinator. You bring in the play caller, which is your head coach. And you start to sit down and collaborate. And you come up with your scheme of what you're going to attack, what you're going to try to eliminate. And I, I really believe Stenovich is probably integral in mapping things out. Look, Because remember, Stenovich was also the offensive line coach, so I'm sure he's probably looking at this going, here's where our strengths and weaknesses are when it comes to protection as well and what we can do and where we can do it and what holes we can run through. So... I, my assumption is is that he's not calling the plays, but he certainly has a, a, a vast input into what it is they're doing and what he sees. 
And he and, and that's why when you get an offensive coordinator or a head coach like a Shanahan, like a McVay, like um, you know, like Matt LaFleur, uh, some of these guys that call their own plays, they take a, they're usually pretty good at delegation and they're not egomaniacs. They're usually pretty good at taking the input and saying, What do you see? Because not only are they the you know the, the offensive coordinator or the play caller, but they're also the head coach. So they have to oversee everything. You gotta have your defensive meetings, your offensive meetings, you gotta do your radio shows or your television shows or whatever other stuff you're doing. Plus you're talking to the general manager and you're going over player personnel moves and who may or may not start and injuries and all that stuff. In the meantime, Stenovich is inside the, the, the meeting room and he's setting it up. He's setting up what he believes or what the coaches believe and what the collaboration believes is going to be. This is what we're going to do this week. Let me take all these snippets of this upcoming team and let's put them together and show you what we can do. And that's kind of the way, um, you know, when Mike McCarthy was here, when you started to look at, you know, some of the other guys were, quote, the offensive coordinators, you know, Joe Philbin. You know, when Joe Philbin left, I mean, one of the big things that Aaron Rodgers said was Joe Philbin was the glue guy. He was the guy that set up the room. He was the guy that set up the plays. He set up the surface pros. This is what you're going to look at. This is what we're going to go over. This is what we're going to this is what we're going to work on. So I would assume that's what Stenovich is doing. That he's the guy. You know, when Matt LaFleur is up talking to to Brian Gudikins, my assumption is is that Stenovich is the guy that's setting up the room. He's like, guys, this is what we're going to look at. This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to run the football. This is where we're going to throw it. This is the area in the zones we can attack. That's the guy. So to answer your question, yes, he has a good amount of input into what the offense is going to be. Now, ultimately, the play caller has the the last decision, but also Stenovich is the guy that when Matt LaFleur calls a play, he can be in his ear saying, you know what, this worked off of this particular play. Remember, we did this, you know, two years ago or a year ago. We did this and then came back with this, or we set this play up with this play, and he's the guy that can also be in Matt LaFleur's ear. It's kind of a second mind. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to David in Green Bay. David, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Thank you very much for, uh, taking my, uh, call, William. Uh, first time caller, uh, been, uh, listening now to you for the past year and, uh, want to, uh, compliment you in, in a big time manner regarding your pushback on the call right before the, uh, 11 hour break, uh, okay. regarding the call from the dark side. And uh, I'm just amazed at, uh, uh, no, number one, you, you cut the person off uh, appropriately uh, and amazed how coherent your response was to that. And I would only say that, you know, and uh, if, you, if you were in a one-on-one uh, uh, interaction with an individual, would you handle the matter in the same way? Um, not, not being on the air. Just, just yeah, a that's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, I've been in that circumstance before uh, where I've had a more in-depth conversation. A number of times. Yeah, I, 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 I probably would have looked a, at him and said, why do you say that? This is Go a, ahead. This is a white 74-year-old male calling you, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, okay, let, let's go forward with that. Um, no, I appreciate the phone call. I, I, I would have probably looked at him and go, why would you say that? 
You know, why, why? And then my next question would be, why does that bother you? And maybe gone deeper, but uh, that, you know, over the air is not the time for something like that, I guess. Um, and at that point too, you also, you have to realize that even though we are on social media and you can pretty much say whatever you want, where over the air radio, you don't want to go down a rabbit hole where suddenly you're having to, you know, dump things. Uh, so he expressed what I thought was his purpose for opinion and purpose for calling. And at that point in time, he can pretty much end it. Uh, but you know, again, my recognition is, is I, you know, I, I really don't entertain that, you know, but I also won't ignore it because there is a discussion to be had at times. And I think the people who don't, it makes them uncomfortable. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I've dealt with it. So, I don't know. I had a friend of mine in college. Um, his name was Marcus. He was a black guy. And I'll never forget, we were we were walking on High Street uh, in Columbus, and a guy came out of a, one of the pizza parlors there, and this is a group of guys, really, um, and kind of bumped into him. And just, they were drunk and they were stupid. And uh, we were actually coming back from a, a friend's apartment. And the, the guy immediately yells, watch it, and then drops the N-word on him. At this point, I'm ready to fight because he's my buddy. And this was my first lesson. And Mar Marcus kind of grabbed me by my shoulder. And he was a big dude, man. He was out of Georgia. He's a big dude. Um, he was probably a blue M and M short of, you know, three fifty, and uh, and he just grabbed my arm and he said, you know, it's a word, man. He said his his grandmother always told him it's a word, it's going to be there. If you let the word bother you, the then life is going to bother you. You got to keep moving, and that was my first lesson, you know, in kind of the reality of people versus the reality of color. And I, I he just was a cool dude. And it was never a never a skin color thing. So I, that was, you know, um, like I said, I think everybody has isms uh, because we're human beings and we have opinions and we have things within us. And there's certain ways you grow up. There's certain things that mold you, that mold your mind. Uh, are there things that aggravate us? Absolutely. Are there things that uh, that should get in the way of our opinion? No. Certain things should should not get in the way of an opinion, but certain things mold your opinion, and then you have to ask, why do I have that opinion? That's more where it comes from. So anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, you know, that's just was my life lesson, and I've kind of learned from that. So anyway, take it for what it's worth. Uh, let's go to Tyler. Tyler in Milwaukee. Tyler, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Doing good. How's it going? Good. All right, no, I was just uh, that absolute loser that called the, the last hour. What I wanted to talk about is football, which is what I mean. What we all should be wanting to talk about here. So, yep. I mean, I thought I thought Jordan Love had a pretty good game on Sunday. You know, it wasn't obviously there's things to clean up and things to work on, but I mean, from what he was as a as a college quarterback, do you think? sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and watching him take care of the football was because 
in the game Sunday, he really didn't make any turnover-worthy plays or turnover-worthy throws. So do you think it's the fact of watching Aaron Rodgers for three years and how careful he was with the football, or would you say it's more the coaching or both? Uh, I'd, I'd probably lean more towards, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say 75% was watching Aaron Rodgers, and the other 25% is being reinforced by coaches. But you're absolutely right. Take it a step further, Tyler. He never put the ball in harm's way in the entire preseason. Yeah, coming out of college, he was he was more, more known like a gunslinger, like a, a Brett Favre type, where he would throw it into double coverage, and he, mm-hmm. would, he would take those risky throws. But like you said, all preseason and even on Sunday when, you know, they're throwing blind looks and they're throwing, you know, unscouted looks at you. He didn't, there yeah. was no real risky throws. We're like, ooh, you shouldn't have thrown that. So, right. I mean, I thought that was, especially for a yeah, first-year starter, that was really good to see. And he said, if he, he improves on some of the accuracy of his throws, it's, it's only going to, his ceiling is only going to go up. Yep. No, I would agree. I would agree. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah, he didn't really put, and I talked about this a little bit in the preseason, but he didn't put the ball in harm's way even then. He threw it to where uh, you look at that quick out to Christian Watson. You look at the pass to Romeo Dobbs in the uh, in the seam in Cincinnati. Um, you look at the pass that he had to Jaden Reed um, when they took on New England. Uh, there was There was good passes where they were questionable, and even if they weren't completed, um, they were never put into a position where the defender could get both hands on it. You could you could knock it down. That was like a 50-50 ball. You could knock it down. But the, but the defender never had an opportunity to get his body in front of the football to be able to snatch it out of the air. And that also, now take it, to, take it a step further, that also goes towards the, the receivers and running the correct route and putting themselves in position to be in, in, in that position at that point in time. Um, by the way, uh, I know that some people had some issues over on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, it's not me. Facebook just died. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but Facebook died uh, as a whole. The website's crashed. So it's not us. It is, uh, it's Facebook in general. Facebook in general has crashed as far as I can see. Uh, because everything that says uh, Facebook, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the whole thing, but um, you click on the Facebook link and you just go to Facebook.com, and it says uh, website is down. We're working on it. We'll get it fixed as soon as we can. So there you go. All right, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. 
This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Four Seasons Island Resort. If you're looking for a terrific place to go, a historic place to go, an iconic place to go, uh, that is the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, right in the middle of the Moscato River up in Pembine, Wisconsin. Uh, some of you scratch your head and go, where's Pembine? You go about an, just about an hour north of Crivets. Maybe not quite an hour, but it's up there. Uh, but it's a beautiful, beautiful area on the, uh, on the island. And you cross the old train trestle that now has wood planks across it, and you can get one car across that thing, and then you get onto the island and you get to the resort. and Huge indoor pool and hot tubs and saunas and such. And then at the other end, they have uh, the Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill downstairs. They've got the lounge upstairs, old iconic uh, automobiles and such that are inside the lobbies. And then you've got the Diamond Room. You've got Lily's Ice Cream Parlor. There's so many cool things. So check it out. Um, that's Four Seasons Island Resort. And if you're looking for uh, a little bit of money off, all you got to do is mention the program. Just say Michael's 15. You get 15% off of your stay. Uh, call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. And, uh, and say, I want to stay uh, a weekend at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Great place. And they've got the nine-hole executive or... If you want to play Timberstone, which is at their uh, sister resort at Pine Mountain up in the UP, you can do that as well. So there you go. Uh, let's go to Joe listening to us in Green Bay. Joe, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, hey thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, I like talking about sports, not social issues, so I'm glad you moved back <laughs> right. to that. And uh, I'm going to – a couple things. First, as far as the Packers, uh, Jordan Love is somebody you seem like you can root for. He seems like a nice guy. And when I watched mm-hmm. him play, I told that to my wife. I said, man, I hope he has success and he stays, like, a nice guy like Aaron Rodgers we all thought was, and all of a sudden he turned in to be kind of more uh, egotistical. So I hope Jordan stays that way. Next is Aaron Jones. He's got to be on the field a lot more. When I know you got to be careful because he's a smaller guy, but A.J. Dillon to him, what a drop-off. Another well, couple don't forget, I mean, more- he, he, he was five carries for 24 yards on the first drive, and they never gave him the ball again until the first drive of the second half. I couldn't figure that out. I agree with you. I couldn't either. And then two other things. The Brewers, I'm not a much of a baseball fan, but, boy, is it exciting right now. You know, being up four games, I watch more baseball, I think, this year than I've ever watched. So I think that's pretty exciting. And the final mm-hmm. thing, I, I didn't hear really anybody talk about too much. I don't know if you did right after the show, I mean, after the game uh, two weeks ago from the Badger game. But if the Badgers don't figure out their home environment and get this back to what it once was, it's going to stink to go to Badger games. I went to the home opener. I was never so appalled at a football game with how loud it was, how obnoxious it was, and just how the they, they tried to pump up the crowd so much with loud music where you couldn't even get pumped up because you were covering your ears. And uh, I hope the Badgers figure this out and get back to why people go to the game, which isn't mm-hmm. only football, but to see the environment there. And they really kind of screwed it up in that home opener. And uh, I don't think I was the only person who was pretty frustrated by it. No, sure you weren't. And that, great point. Appreciate the phone call, Joe. Uh, by the way, that was a topic of conversation, not necessarily on this show, but Chris McIntosh received a bunch of phone calls uh, and messages from fans who said it was way too loud. And they were getting their ears blown out. Uh, apparently, they dropped to the decibel level in the second half of the game. Uh, I wasn't there, so I couldn't tell you. But they said it 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 was too. They admit it was it was too loud. They dropped it back, and now it, it's not a bunch of old people screaming, "Get off my lawn!" It's too loud. I can't hear to talk to my person. You know, two rows from me. But uh, I my assumption is that worked out this coming weekend. 
Um, but um, it, it, there, I read the articles about it, that, and I had quite a few friends that told me that were there that said, yeah, it was like blasting. And God forbid you were sitting near a speaker. They said it was just, it was deafening. You had to, like, put your hands over your ears. Uh, and I wasn't there, so I couldn't tell you. Um, I, I don't know for sure. But I know that there were quite a few people. Now, the kids love it because they go to the clubs and, and they go to the bars and they crank up the music and dance and party and drink and everything else. But um, I, uh, I completely, uh, completely heard about it. Completely heard about it. No doubt. Um, Grant, were you there by any chance? No, I wasn't there. I'm going to get you a game at some point this season. It must have been really loud, Bill, because it's bizarre for people to call a radio show or to go on Twitter and be like, the football game, the music was too loud. No one would say that unless it was like actually uncomfortably loud and right. hurting people's ears. So it must have been way, way too loud. Otherwise, there's no way we'd be talking about this. Yeah, there was, uh, I read that they even toned it down in the second half of the game. Uh, that I, I guess there were already complaints starting to come in. Halftime and, adjustments. Uh, so, we like that. Yeah, exactly. On so and they, off they, the field. They started to drop the sound, but uh, but I, I I don't know what they did uh, or why they did it, but you know whatever. I mean, I there was more. Put it this way, there was more than so we'll say ten complaints. There was a lot apparently. So enough enough so that a whole article was written about it. So uh, I know that uh, Chris McIntosh heard from quite a few people. So. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670. Uh, this is from Tom. Tom said, uh, 100% agree. It was really loud. Section 104, uh, we were screaming at each other, sitting side by side just to be able to talk throughout the first half. It did seem to get a little bit better in the second half, but by then my ears were ringing. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, and then this one is from Tom. Tom says, uh, hey, guys, uh, great discussion regarding Jordan Love. Uh, every quarterback that eventually has success gets somewhat of a big head. It's how you handle your ego. Even Brett Favre got a big ego towards the end. Favre was just a country bumpkin that lived life lived life like a lot of us. Same warts, loved to fish, loved to hunt, really indoctrinated himself, and that's the reason he became such a likable guy, and he had this heart of a lion and his competitiveness, and not to mention some talent, and he... he he was, you know, you could look at him and go, okay, he's got a lot of the same problems we do. You know, everything from, you know, he had the drug addiction and he ended up, he still loved his beer and fish and hunt and all that kind of stuff. Everybody looked at that and went, okay, I, you know, we've all been down a bad road before. You can kind of, there was a relatability factor where Aaron Rodgers was, he was just a guy that was just a give me a chance guy. And he, he at first he was just very quiet, very humble very well-spoken, said the right thing. And then as time went on, like Favre, he realized his power. He he realized that everybody was hanging on his words. When everything he said was be, being dissected the next morning on ESPN and that night on ESPN, and this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say, and suddenly it was all about what he was saying and the accusations and such and the play calls and the contentiousness between him and Mike McCarthy when – he really kind of began to segregate himself from the Mike McCarthy quarterback school to the I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm, I'm just this good. So, I mean, but Favre did the same thing. I mean, you know, Favre, Favre respected the hell out of Mike Holmgren, but Mike Sherman at the end, Favre, Favre didn't give two dams. He just didn't. He knew how big he was, which is the reason every year he goes, oh, I'm, I don't know if I'm coming back. And 
then he'd come back and get the adulation of the fans and, you know, the uh, the organization. Oh, my God, thank God, you know, he's walking across water to be able to come and be with us. And it goes to your head. Uh, you know, it's just how you handle it. So we hope that Jordan Love, if he does have success, that, you know, he he doesn't uh, he doesn't ever get that, you know. Again, learn from your predecessor. Learn what to do and what not to do. You know, uh, hey, one thing to do, and that is head over to our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road K and Oconomowoc. Good stuff. And now they have the shop open. You can go in and buy the cheeses and the sauces and all the good stuff that they provide. You can buy it right then and there. And a lot of craft stuff from local Wisconsin, uh, you know, people. So uh, check out our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, the restaurant side in Stonebank on County Road K and Oconomowoc, or... If you want to take some home, stop at the store. It's right across the street. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show now. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, some people that listen to the program and they go to one of the places that we talk about and uh, Kathy and her husband David, they went to the Starlight Lounge over the weekend and uh, shot me a nice note saying, hey, uh, great heads up. We certainly appreciate it. Had a wonderful night, a romantic night out at the Starlight Lounge and you are right about the Snickers Martini. I told you, that thing is fantastic. Uh, So we had a wonderful time. Stayed right around the corner at the Holiday Inn. Uh, what a quaint little town. We really appreciate the heads up. And, by the way, they are from Minneapolis. Uh, and it's on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I, it doesn't matter where you're listening to the program. Whenever you get a chance to get over that way, maybe you're going over there for Oktoberfest uh, coming up. Uh, Buzzard Billies and the Starlight Lounge. You cannot go wrong. I'll tell you that right now. Big supporters of the program. And thanks to uh, thanks to everybody that uh, pays attention and kind of efforts to a lot of the places that we discuss i get it all the time when ryan and jerry and lj and everybody from stenny's always tell me somebody came into town and they came to a brewers game they took the shuttle from here and this and that so it's it's awesome awesome um 877-867-1670 if uh, you want to give us a shout by the way facebook uh i guess had a outage and um because uh, i just got a note uh, that uh, on, I guess, Twitter that said uh, anybody else having problems with Facebook, Facebook had an outage, and it's, uh, I guess, a little bit of a story. Um, but uh, anyway, it's back. Uh, the bottom line is it's back. So we will, for those on the live stream that may be listening to us in other facets, we will reset coming up at the top of the hour. But everybody else over the air, you're good to go. Good to go. We knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. As soon as it happened, and I saw David Bakhtiari's tweet, we knew this was coming. There are now calls for natural grass instead of turf at NFL stadiums. It's been increasing anyway, and now Monday night, quarterback Aaron Rodgers tore the Achilles, and on Wednesday morning, the NFLPA added their voice to the chorus. Lloyd Howell, the newly exec- uh, elected executive director of the NFLPA, released a statement calling for every NFL stadium to have natural grass and not artificial turf. The uh, statement says, moving all stadium fields to high-quality natural grass surfaces is the easiest decision the NFL can make. The players overwhelmingly prefer it 
and the data is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial turf. It's an issue that has been near the top of players' lists during my team visits and one that I have raised with the NFL. While we all know there's an investment to make uh, to make this change, there is bigger cost to everyone in our business if we keep losing our best players to unnecessary injuries. It makes no sense that stadiums can flip over to superior grass services when the World Cup comes or soccer clubs come to visit for exhibitions uh, in the summer, but inferior artificial surfaces are then acceptable for our own players. This is worth the investment, and it simply needs to change now. So for Aaron Rodgers to go down is probably uh, what uh, prompted uh, the outcry. Uh, The issue has always been you cannot grow turf inside. You can't grow grass inside uh, until now. Because you can if you uh, have that lighting system. And the Packers were one of the first to actually use this and implement this. It's not cheap. It's expensive. Uh, The Brewers have it as well uh, on their field, which is the reason the grass, the minute they take that, uh, that cover off of it after the winter, and they put these grow lights on there, it, it perks right up. I mean, it comes right back. It gives it, it's like a natural sunlight is what these lights are. And they uh, are movable. You can work them from one end of the field to the other. But it with grass surfaces inside dome stadiums, they believe they can grow grass. And with these lights that they'll be able to do this. So, in other words, at the end of the season, you come in and you sod the inside. Uh, you have to have a really well-monitored system because these stadiums with turf, especially domes, uh, don't have the same drainage capability as, uh, or weren't put together with the same drainage capability as, say, a natural surface. But they got to figure out the moisture content. But they believe that with the grow lights that a lot of these places can indeed grow grass indoors and sustain it. Uh, so uh, the NFLPA is now saying that this might be might be one of the uh, one of the demands in the next collective bargaining agreement uh, to make every stadium natural grass. The Raiders and the Cardinals they both have indoor stadiums and they have the system where it it slides outside yeah. during the week yeah. and they can slide it back and forth and that you know that's less space for parking or less space around the stadium. Real Madrid I was reading a story about this this morning. They have a fully retractable roof. Uh, but the grass can actually dip beneath the like the floor of the stadium, like you can go underground, and there's lighting underneath, and and mm-hmm. cameras, and UV lights, and it's this whole cost them like two hundred and fifty million bucks. But the NFL has plenty of money, right? right? That doesn't mean the owners want to spend right. it. But there, these no, teams have I, options for grass. I agree. Yeah, there 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 are options, and uh, that's the reason. Like I said, the Packers, when it comes to their grass, they're able to keep their grass growing. Year round. I mean, it used to be that once you got to November, it was they were painting that surface. It was just green. It was green dirt, and especially when you got into December and into January, it was just green mud, and it was hard. It was bad, and since they put that heating system under it, which is more advanced than what it was back when when Lombardi was here, and then the grow lights have been added to it, they've been able to keep that surface pretty good year round, and. They believe that even in the domes where you don't get a ton of natural light, that if you have a facility to store these lights, because they are pretty big, where you can store this lighting system, that you could grow grass inside, and there's no reason you shouldn't be able to. So, uh, it's, I mean, God, come on. If, if <laughs> Let's be honest. If you, How many times have we seen indoor facilities grow weed? You know, you've, you've read about it, you've heard about it, the DEA has rated it, 
you get these massive warehouses with no lights, no outside, you know, windows, anything, but yet indoors are growing weed. If you, maybe what you do, instead of putting all the groundskeepers in charge, you put in charge these people that have grown weed in these big, <laughs> these big warehouses for years, and you say, go grow grass. And they're like, dude, cool. And then they put all these lights in, and they, <laughs> they grow weed. <laughs> and grass for the NFL and let them figure it out because they've done it better than anybody, right, for over the years. So, But uh, there is a belief that, that with the new grow lights that uh, they could uh, they could grow grass in some of these stadiums. So <laughs> we'll see if they actually go in that direction. It is costly. But, like, um, when you mentioned L.A. or mentioned uh, Arizona and you mentioned uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, they're, yeah, you're right. Their fields actually drop down and slide out. They slide out from underneath the stadium. And they go out into the sunlight, and they get watered outside and everything, and then they slide them back in on game day. And Because uh, I, I, out in Arizona, I've seen that. And, you know, the funny thing is, out in Arizona, because they can remove the field, they actually have another surface that goes over it that's hard. And that's where they do – it's like the largest RV show in the country. Uh, they bring in thousands, hundreds of RVs and motorhomes and campers and pop-ups and – and that's one of the big, that's one of their biggest shows out there that they do in that dome because they can because this this facility has a floor and they don't have to worry about driving these RVs and such on the on the surface of the field so they wheel this stuff out they pull the pull the rails out or something and then these RVs and stuff and the motorhomes all pull inside the stadium and that's that's where they host this thing so it can be done can you can run into issues with the grass if the people don't know what they're doing. Like they botched exactly. the Super Bowl grass last year, so there's a give and take. Oh, yeah. Turf, at least yep. you know what you're getting. There can be a right. little bit more of an up and down with the grass. This is something that the players' association and the league and the owners just have to figure out together. Yeah, um, you got to have a couple people that grow it inside, a couple people that grow it really well outside. All put their heads together and talk about how the best way to do it. I mean, I'm thinking about places like Detroit, uh, AT and T Stadium, the Superdome. Um, you know, you know, U.S. Bank Stadium, that if they would have to change out that turf and go to natural grass, how they would do that in those climates. And, and, you know, now it might be a little bit easier at U.S. Bank Stadium since there's so much light because one of the whole sides of the place is windows. So maybe it, get, it gets even more natural light through those windows. But, uh, you know, a place like Ford Field doesn't have a lot. Certainly the, uh, the Superdome, uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome down in, uh, down in uh, New Orleans doesn't. Uh, they do the retra- there is a retractable roof in Atlanta. They could probably do it, even though Atlanta's got turf. They could probably do it in Atlanta, but uh, but yeah, there's there's not a yeah, there's not a whole. I mean, SoFi SoFi's got a beautiful um, opaque window dressing when it comes to their stadium, and a lot of outside natural air and such flowing through it. So uh, they could do it at SoFi too. I'm sure out in L.A. But you know. Speaking of growing grass, uh, let's do this. We're step out, take a quick break. But we knew that was coming. No doubt about it. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Michael Show. We uh, continue on today. This portion brought to you by our friends of Cunis. K-U-N-E-S. Cunis RV, the fastest growing RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin. And when it comes to automotive and trucks and commercial lines and such as well, they've got it. Shop Cunis, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com. That is shopcunis.com. Shop, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com for everything, whether it's Madison, Stoughton, Barneveld, Elkhorn, Lake Geneva, Platteville, in the Milwaukee area for automobiles and the trucks. And if you're looking for RVs, they're all over the state of Wisconsin. Can't go up and down a highway without seeing the Cunis sign. That's for sure. Go to shopcunis.com. Um, 1670. Uh, Mark says, where did 69, I mean, Bakhtiari, tear his knee? Uh, it was in the practice facility. It was over in uh, in the Hudson Center. It was um, on similar turf. You know, he's always going to have uh, that complaint, if you will. Uh, the I, I don't know. I never played on that kind of turf. Um, I, I go back to the old days of the old AstroTurf. Um, but they say, I mean, when you walk on it, it feels like grass. It looks like grass. It's softer like grass. This new stuff with the pellets, they lay the grass down and then they take the little rubber pellets and they just, that's what holds the, the turf down. That's what holds it in place. And, um, I, I, it's proven to be safer with concussions. It's proven to be safer when it comes to, like landing on your knee and elbows and joints and such uh, because it is a softer, more flexible, more giving surface. Now, when it comes to things like what happened the other night with Aaron Rodgers, the, it, it, your cleats just dig in and hold. You know, um, it, it just, they just dig in and hold. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, players say that at certain times it doesn't have give. Now, some of the running backs and wide receivers and such like it because you can make cuts on this stuff and go, and you don't have to worry about any slide or anything like that like you would on a natural surface. Um, so in that aspect of it, it makes the game look faster. But I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you. From what I understand, it's just it's the fact that there is sometimes it doesn't give the way the ground would when there's extreme stress on the grass, the grass will chunk up. It'll, it'll tear up. Whereas this turf doesn't obviously. So there isn't that give. So anyway, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, they, the players claim that it's, I guess I got to go with the players because I don't know you and I don't know you. We can talk about our assumptions and you know, the science of it, but they claim it's it doesn't have as much give in certain areas as grass would. So, uh, 877-867-1670. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, going to be joining us coming up next. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. <laughs> 